Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. We are powered by Code again this week. You're joined by JB again, and I've got with me Chizo. It's been it's been a minute, Chizo. It's been a while since they allowed us to get on a podcast. We know what happened last time, and we've finally been approved to step on a mic again. Mate, I think you need to go back to like Abacus School or something like that. It's been longer than a minute. I've been, I've been crook, I've been busy, end of financial years coming up, so I'm trying to you know, get everything in order and uh, it's good to be back. It's good to have you back. Uh, we, we had a pretty up and down week, I think. It's, um, it started up on Saturday and then went down for most people for the Sunday. Uh, how'd you go? Yeah, not too bad. 24-35, which is like my second top score for the year or something like that, so... Um, into about 15.5 or 16K or something about that. But uh, as I mentioned earlier on the year, it's all about rivalry league for me this year, JB. And how'd you go in rivalry league this week? What was your score? No, I, I had a couple of buys. I remember that. Oh, oh is that um, right? <laughs> what was the yeah, one that wasn't a buy? Um, oh, these all just all get muddled <laughs> into one. I'm trying to think... Uh, I might have I might have come up against someone who who scored well this week. So look, there's not much you can do against people that score well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's like um, oh, spoiler alert, JB. We've had round one of the the Doc Supercoach Cup for come in. We had someone score near 2500 and lose to a 2708. <laughs> so oh, some, that's heartbreaking. It's and heartbreaking. Then there's a couple of comments saying, "Oh, I feel like I got out of jail with a 2250 and a win this week." It's like, yeah, no, you did. There, there were 2150s exactly that got through. Oh, God. That's embarrassing. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's... 
that that is what it is, I guess. But that that is the nature of the cup. And as you mentioned, we have the Dr. Supercoach Cup going at the moment. The first round is complete, so we're going to drop down to 206 competitors for next week. And it doesn't get any easier. There were some, as you said, big scores, some high rankings going through, all fighting it out for the Dr. Supercoach Cup, which is exciting. Um, we're going to jump into the Cancer Council, though. We got a few donations this week. I'm going to start us off with Johnny Blaze for his generous donation. He said, I love what you guys do. My ex has just found out that she has stage four cancer. She only has six months to a year to live. We'll visit her in Toowoomba to offer support and wanted to donate to offer support that way too. Much love. So much appreciated, Johnny, and good luck on your trip. Yeah, very sorry to hear about your ex um, who, who's battling that. And it just goes to show you everyone has someone who's dealing with this horror disease. So it puts a little bit of perspective on, on what we're doing, what we're trying to raise money for. So Chris is our next donation. Extremely generous by Chris. Just want to thank him especially for, for his contribution this week. I'm expecting a bunch of donuts by the season's end and you guys are nearly at 25K. So we'll read the grand total out at the end. Pep is next for drawing my bet with Cullen on Chappie versus Ed Richard. Ed Richards brackets Chappie our average but missed too many games for it to feel like a win. And for losing Carlton versus Fremantle bet with barbecue. So a couple of debts to pay up there by Pep. We thank you. Keith Thomas has come in. Excelled excelled myself this time had wits on the bench as part of a loop forgot to put the emergency <laughs> on 144 <laughs> no. missed never to be found i swear we get a couple of these a year and every time it hurts more every time that people will make this accidental mm-hmm. error i've been messaged about 20 seconds before a game to tell me to put my emergency on and I've scurried on over and got it in. So I appreciate the person who sent me a message, but I was nearly in this boat. It is so easy to do. Um, Jimmy has comm- uh, has uh, donated for a Ruck Donut. So thanks very much, Jimmy. Rubes for Ruck Mageddon slash Ruck Apocalypse slash Ruck Narok. Call it what you like. I blame Bruce Unit. So I appreciate the donation. Say it with me, Angus- kids. He's not a premium. <laughs> well... We'll see you this week. Let's go back to round out when Chizo was saying it. Angus Marwood, donut for donuts, Parrish's baby cow being the straw that broke the camel's back. A lot of people dealing with that baby mm. cow. And mm. actually, Chizo, just back on that rivalry matchup, did you happen to have Parrish on the bench like I did? or? Uh, no, I, I couldn't afford him this year. Right, All that, the year that before. seems to have fallen in your favour. All yeah. the year before. <laughs> <laughs> He's going very well. I uh, don't want to curse Barber, him. Tom Barber's donation uh, is a little bit upsetting. He says, these nuts. And imagine not using that as a segue for the Manscaped copy, but that's fine. Keep going. Oh, I should have saved it. Yeah. All right. Wait, uh, there's um, Marshall Kane is the next one. Sorry. <laughs> Donate for dumb things. Changed my trade from Laird in with the C on to Mills in with the C to try to catch Bex in rivalry league. Turns out if I left the C on Laird, Curtis 87 would have got me the win, cost myself a rivalry league victory and about 150 points. What an idiot. Couldn't have said it better myself, Marshall, but I know you'll bounce back, so don't stress. Bilby, the second to last donation, saying the rucking donut must be paid for. At least I do not feel alone. Very true. There are a lot of rucking donuts this week. So thank you very much for your donation. And Tom Barber, do- donate saying these nuts. What's That's a very strange thing to, to donate. Thankfully, there's nothing to segue into. JB, speaking what? of D Sharon's, 
Oh, no. This episode is once again sponsored by Manscaped. The final episode sponsored by Manscaped in 2022. And fantastic sponsors of ours. And thank you for everyone that has supported the, the, the sponsors that support us and help us do what we do. Obviously... Manscaped have the amazing performance package uh, 4.0. Inside the package, you get the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer that JB absolutely loves, um, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, which is a little bit spicy. It feels quite nice. The Performance Boxer Briefs and the Travel Bag known as The Shed uh, to hold all your goodies. Um, you do need to make your Sharon's a priority this season, uh, JB. Uh, the fourth generation trimmer has cutting edge ceramic blade technology to reduce those grooming accidents jb that i know that you're prone to advanced skin safe technology and with the performance package 4.0 you can have yourself feeling and smelling good jb if you do want to support the sponsors that support us you can get 20 percent off and free shipping from manscaped.com using code drsc last chance before the code runs out Make sure you get in there and get something. If you're on the edge, JB, back to you. <laughs> Thank you. Very good read there. I'm, I'm I had to bring the energy for the me. final one. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, no, very good. Very well done to Manscaped, obviously supporting us now for over a year. Um, the, the By the way, I, just, I forgot to shout out the actual tally for the uh, Cancer Council. 24327 is where we sit. Very close to the $25,000 mark. So appreciative Incredible. again to everyone who's dipped in this season so far. And I actually owe one, I think, from two weeks ago. So someone remind me about that. Now, we're going to get into the podcast. The The waffle beforehand mm-hmm. is becoming a bit of a tradition, but we are going to start the podcast. It is essentially going to be about three topics. The first of which is going to be Tom Stewart replacement. So, obviously, news has come out that Tom Stewart's going to miss at least three-plus weeks. I suppose we can have the discussion off the bat as to whether we should or should not keep Tom Stewart. What are your thoughts? Um, I think it's most likely going to be three to four. And at that point, I would be... I think the opportunity cost of holding him for four weeks when I think there's only eight weeks left, um, you're not going to make those points back. So, unless you're in absolute dire straits, um, or I've seen teams that have like Jaden Short at F- uh, D7, um, in which case I could make the argument to keep him. Uh, I think all the uh, the arrows are pointing towards moving him on. Absolutely. So three plus uh, three plus rookie scores that you're getting there. So essentially, if you refuse to trade to someone that's going to score you three tons in a row, you're losing 40 to 50 points per game, maybe more. I'm not sure how many people have the good enough uh, trustworthy defensive cover either so it's just something that i wouldn't be going down this is why we have trades still even if you're down to two trades even if you're down to one trade um i, I think you kind of just have to roll that dice you, you can't be committing to to um rookie scores on the field so we're gonna then talk about the actual replacements i'm gonna start from the bargain bin and we're gonna work our way up this time so I'm going to give you a couple of options or one option at a time and we're going to just discuss the just the way you rate them as as an actual option. So first off the list is Scott Pendlebury. So he's now very very cheap. He's mm. uh, I got to scroll for a while. $438,900. 
Um, his break-even is 60 because he's had a score of 130 this week. But between the 130 and the 115 in round 7, he scored 97, 73, 62, 75, and 67. So he's gone from being a really reliable premium with a low score of 87 um, between, round, between rounds 1 and 8 to now he's only had one score above 75 since round mm. 8. So... It's very risky, I'd say, to to be looking at Scott Penderbury. What do you think? Uh, are we prefacing this as um, we'd be looking at someone like a Scott Pendlebury if we were using the cash from Tom Stewart to do an upgrade elsewhere? Absolutely. So, oh, okay. Yep, sure. Um, uh, in that case, it's obviously going to depend on the the two parts that you're getting to the trade. So it's going to Let, let's let's say for I can give you a couple of examples. Off yeah, the sure, top sure. Of my head. So say, say you're upgrading um, butters or something like that. Yeah, so or, or you've got one more upgrade to make. You, you're choosing between Jack Steele and Callum Mills. This money yep. gets you that difference. Or um, in the forward line, you're choosing between Heaney and Tom Liberatore. God, you're in strife if that's who you're choosing between. But um, yeah, I, that's I think... just the price difference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I know what you mean. Um, I think that we know what we're going to get from Pendles, and that's going to sort of be around the 90 mark. I think he, he started the season okay, but has been sort of tapering as the season has, has progressed. So um, I, I think the expectations of his current average of 96.3 are a little bit overs for him. Um, I think you know low 90s is more relevant, maybe around the 90 mark. Um, and I, I just don't see him being... Super, super relevant. I've got to be totally honest. I would be trying to find, you know, a different combination that that allows me to go a little bit higher in the in defense if I could, based on how he's been in probably the last two months. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think you'd have to be in pretty dire straits to be considering Pendlebury. Um, maybe it's just that you can't possibly use a trade to go up. Maybe this is your last upgrade and it's not actually a Tom Short replacement. Whatever it is, I, I guess I can understand the rationale between thinking he's a 90 average. I probably put him about the same myself. Um, you do expect him to bounce back from the, the 70s and the 60s, but you don't expect him to bounce back to the, the 115s uh, plus each week. So I, I suppose you're buying inconsistency and you're paying for what you're getting at that price as well. So I don't think anyone looking in this range should be expecting a premium uh, who's who's going to make them happy. They're probably just going to make them happy yeah. and, and sad week by week. So it kind yeah. of is what it is. The next price point up, I suppose, is around the 460k mark. I can see a couple of players worthy of discussion here. Whitfield being the first three tons in a row now under the new coach. He's averaging about 108 um, now that Spike is the coach, uh, 118, 101, and 103 now. Um, what are your thoughts? I think on the weekend, it was definitely spoken about. I, I, I didn't catch the Collingwood GWS game, but um, it was spoken about that Whitfield was looking like his old running self, um, getting the one-twos, running behind the players with the ball. So um, there's the potential that he at least goes 95-plus from a, a, a friendly price range. Yeah, but we need Pistol there to tell us how he's walking. That's the thing. How's he walking mm. in between quarters? Um, I don't necessarily mind it. I think it's a better option than Jake Lloyd, in my opinion. Um, the it, it, I'm always going to be biased in this in this situation, having been burnt by him multiple times in my Supercoach career, and particularly 
to begin this year as well. You can't deny the fact that since he's come back, um, so when Leon Cameron was coach, he didn't ton for the entirety of the season. I think it was the first eight rounds. And in the three, three weeks he's come back with a new coach, he hasn't not tunned. So um, I think the the role improvement is certainly there. Um, it looks like he's running on top of the ground. So I would be happy to suggest him as an option. But unfortunately, we know that there's that chance that he's going to revert back to just that poor 90 average. But at least I would say that Whitfield has upside, but I don't think Pendlebury does. Yeah, I don't think Pendlebury has that upside either. I agree Whitfield does have the upside. I'm actually okay with the pick. Um, if you're if you're shopping with those, the scenarios I was talking about earlier, um, not the Jack Steele scenario. Obviously, Jack Steele is just the, probably the best pick in the game. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But um, the the Libba over Heaney types of scenarios where you're deciding between a really safe forward uh, and a, a speculative defender or a speculative forward and a, and a really safe defender, I think Whitfield can provide that middle ground where he's probably a safe 95-plus while I'm being conservative uh, with the potential to just go at a steady 100 to 105. So... Um, look, he's not going to blow. He's not going to blow you away. He's not going to get the one ten plus like we sort of selected him for at the start of the year. But um, there's every chance that he he just ticks along nicely for us. Jake Lloyd, I did hear there was um, a little bit of a role change. They tried to get it into the hands of the defenders in this match. I think maybe last week is no, he didn't score well last week. It was it was just this week that they sort of changed it and tried to get him more involved. I just don't care. I don't think there's any trust there. I don't think there's any way you could confidently say he's going to average 90-plus on the run home. Um, he, he scored a 42 in a, in a full game the week before against Ports, who who do sort of negate the opposition running backs, but not to the point where you're getting a 42 as a premium. Mm. So um, I, I don't think there's any way I could see myself advocating for Jake Lloyd. No, his kick-ins didn't change either. Obviously, um, there's been a few weeks where Nick Blakey has been taking like 90% of kick-ins, um, but the, the, pretty much every second week, he and Jake Lloyd are taking 50% each, so um, that continued again on the weekend. So it just it seems to be one of those games where Jake Lloyd sort of is playing what we're used to seeing. A lot of metres gained um, and a lot of kicks and marks sort of linking up and stuff like that. So I'd love to say this is the, the, come, you know, this is the comeback, but um, unfortunately we need more data uh, before you can make that sort of claim. And it does look like you're probably buying into a, a low 90s again. If there was ever an upside of a defender becoming like a top three, <laughs> you, you're definitely not going to find it with anyone else like what you can with Jake Lloyd, but you're obviously looking into a crystal ball there. So um, it's really hard to recommend the 1% chance. Well, it's probably not even 1%. It's like there's a reasonable chance that maybe they do throw him back there. But I think Nick Blakey has permanently impacted that that role that he used I, to I have. I think there's an 8% chance Lloyd goes 100 plus for the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I'll All right. put it there. It's, right. it's very unlikely. So I'm going to move to someone. What if I read you these scores and told you that this guy's priced sub 500k? The last six matches read 90, 134, 80, 112, 100, and 126. Sounds nice. Six in a row. So Liam Baker has moved to a predominantly defensive role. Uh, this week against Geelong, I did notice he got a few more CBAs than what he's uh, used to seeing, which might have spruced up a nice 126 there. 
I think as much of a, a solution as it is sometimes, it can also be a problem as to how versatile Baker is. It's kind of the problem that we had with uh, Dan Houston a couple of years ago is, is just that he can be thrown to, to fix places if there's an injury or um, if they notice that they're struggling in a certain area, he can sort of be thrown in to be the glue guy. Um, but he looks pretty settled in defense and, and he's scoring really well in the meantime. How much faith do you have in the Baker pick? Um, well, I think this week's scoring we have to kind of take as an aberration because he, he sort of got thrown in there because of um, Prestia's absence, who's been averaging, um, you know, in the, the 70s and 80s in the last few weeks. Um, and Baker's last time that he had more than 10% CBAs was round one. So I, yep. I think I think let's t- let's take this score out of it. Re- read me back those scores um, without this week's score included. That's a 90, 134, 80, 112, and 100. Look, it's not bad. I, I still think he's probably maybe mid to high 90s if he, he continues to roll. Yep. Um, it, it's more more than likely that he was just a stopgap on the night to take over Presti's role after he got KO'd. I don't probably think he's going to be sitting in there, in there permanently. Um, but yeah, I've been he- hearing a lot of murmurs from the, the Tigers fans. They've been super, super happy with him this year. They're, they're, yeah, he's they're... a really likable player as well. Really fun to to actually watch play. Um, his average is eighty one for the year, but his three and five round average read very well. So you can understand mm. why they're getting a bit excited at the moment. Yeah, it's almost like jumping on a breakout though, because you could easily revert back to that mean. Yes, yep, one hundred percent. This could be his peak. You know what I mean? His purple patch. And that's the fear, and that and that's why I'm overall advocating against him, but completely understanding of those who want to take the risk. I think the better risk is fifteen thousand dollars extra to pay out for Aaron Hall. Oh, yes, I like that. That's, uh, I like that call. That's good. So, so he came back into the team for a ninety-four against GWS. Then they had the buy. Uh, then a 153 against Adelaide. He broke the record for meters gained, I think, for the entire I thought AFL you said he was going to break something. He was injured again. He broke something. No, 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 but that's no, no, good. No, no, that's no, great. No. So what, what, you do, what you do mention there is the fact that he can quite easily get injured. <laughs> that <laughs> is the risk. Uh, he's got eight weeks to get through in the uh, for the rest of the season. But if he gets through those eight... Uh, he's probably going to be in the top five defenders in that time. Yeah, yeah. Of the names that you've read out so far, he's the one I'd be most confident in would go triple figures if he plays. Yeah, I'll be. I'll, it's to a point where I'd be shocked if he doesn't, but it's, yes, it's how much do you pay for the injury risk? How many trades would you have to have left before you start considering someone like Aaron Hall? I I think this... I mean, I went use it or lose it with um, Sean Darcy in round 12 last year. So coming into round 16, I think... It's a reasonable risk to jump on someone like Aaron Hall, particularly because he's also underpriced. He's only 508. Um, yep. And when, you, when you've got an average of uh, 105, 106, and we know what he can produce, like he's clearly 50K underpriced as well. Um, I, don't, I don't mind that shout. I don't mind it. Like obviously there's risk, and the question you're asking is, do you keep a trade up your sleeve for bringing in Aaron Hall? I think you've kind of got to go, I'm going for it now. Like would I turn down Aaron Hall for Jake Lloyd because I'd maybe only have one trade left, I'd be like, "Yeah, I would probably just go Aaron Hall and be like, well, I've only got one trade left. If I need to use it, I need to use it. Agreed. I think that's, I think that's a pretty good way to summarize it. Aaron Hall, you have to understand, though, is risking it for the biscuit. But You could bend he, yourself over. You, you know that, though. Someone, someone I know traded in Aaron Hall this week, and I, I'm 
pretty sure, judging by their attitude, they're pretty happy with themselves with a 153. So, um, as you would be making that very risky mm-hmm. pick and it paying off like that. So, he is that type of player. Just don't be upset when, if an, a short injury happens in the future. So, um, well, it can't have been pistol home, because I'd, I'd, I'd have tinnitus in awesome. my ears if it was pistol. We'd be shouting from the rooftop. Uh, no, I'm glad it's not pistol. Um, <laughs> Dan Houston is the next guy on my list. Just because oh. Pistol doesn't let me talk about him, I'm gonna I'm just gonna bring him up to you. He's got an average of 106 now, five round average of 112. He is playing at Shomuel, and he's not quite as expensive as the the real big boys. So he's 40k cheaper than Sinclair. He's 60k cheaper than Dawson. 65k cheaper than Sicily. Um, he presents as, as a bit of value and a bit of safety all at once. What do you think about this pick? You know that I like Houston. The, the, it's, uh, I was That's very, why I'm very... mentioning it to you. Pistol bans him on the podcast. Like, I'm no, not to I was about him. very, very close to bringing him in. I, at one point, I showed you a screenshot on my side with him in there, and you were overjoyed. And then I, I watched him play St. Kilda and Cairns in the perfectly, like the most amazing weather ever, but it was just really dewy, and everyone thinks it was like a cyclone for some reason. Um, mm-hmm. And it scared me <sighs> off him. And I'm, I've he been disappointed. that match. I, but he scored two in the first half. <laughs> um, it's a big but, second half then. <laughs> the, I, I actually like Houston. I think you're paying for a little bit underpriced what you can get him for. He, he sort of goes in these patches where he kind of bangs in a few 90s and then low tons and stuff like that. But yeah, he is genuinely this year that 105, 106 average. And you, you may be getting him a little bit underpriced for, for what he's... His true value is this year, but you're kind of paying fair value, and I really don't mind it as a pick. I, I, I like Houston this year. I love to hear that. I, I think he's essentially exactly what you said. If I was choosing between Houston and Dawson, considering oh, the 60k Dawson. difference, then you have to go Dawson. Yeah. Like if if you said to me Houston and Mills versus Dawson and Steele, I'd laugh you out of the room. It is quite obviously Dawson. Um, Dawson's potentially one of the best picks. Before I jump into him, I just want to discuss one more cheaper option or cheaper than the big boys. Um, Daniel Rich has sort of flown under the radar. He's gone ton, non-ton, ton, ton, non-ton, back, 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 all the way up until about three weeks ago, um, just after he got tagged by DeBoer to a 55, which really killed his price. Um, He's now gone 119 against Fremantle, 119 against St. Kilda, 135 against Melbourne. Um, He is looking back to Daniel Rich uh, that I think a lot of people started and expected to be. Um, He does also come with a little bit of injury risk, and he also comes with a little bit of, um, I don't know what was happening in the first half of the season risk. Um, But I, I think considering he's only 30K cheaper than the big boys, I think he's a lot harder sell than what Dan Houston is. I think I'd rather get Houston. Yeah, I, I'm totally on board with that. Like he, he, he's still there, basically their sole kicking taker, and particularly with Dane Zorko there. Um, firstly, not taking kick-ins uh, anymore, but also not um, kind of impacting as a, a go-to kind of uh, exit man out of defense. Um, I think we're going to see a little bit of an uptick in his performance, maybe from his current 100 average to maybe 105 if we're super, super lucky, but probably like 103. Um, I just don't see him outperforming the likes of even Houston who uh, and, and Hall, who are significantly cheaper than him. Yep. No, I agree completely with that. Now, we get into the big boy discussion. This is still talking about Stuart replacement, so you're going to have to have a little bit of money in the bank to go up to these guys. Cicely Dawson, Sinclair, I think all three of them are quite obvious ticks. 
Um, yeah. I just want to know who you like the most out of these three guys and, and why. Um, I probably like Dawson first. Yeah, because, I agree. Because I don't want to be wrong about picking him over Sinclair a month ago. <laughs> and Sinclair started, <laughs> started really, really hot and I got really worried. Um, I don't, I don't want to confirmation bias myself into pumping my own tires, but I saw, I sort of want to. Like, um, I, I got asked a question. I want to say maybe six to eight weeks ago, someone was upgrading their defense, and they wanted excuses to pick Dawson um, uh, over Sicily because Sicily was like peak price, and Dawson was a little bit cheaper, and they're just looking for some value. I think the comment I made at the time was, "We're unlikely." to see Dawson go up to Sicily's level, but we may see Sicily come back down towards the 110 level. So it was more of a, do we see Sicily falling off, in which case you should pick Dawson as opposed to can Dawson explode? And I've sort of been, you know, like not really correct in in that respect because I didn't see this uptick from Dawson. Um, but I sort of feel like Sicily is just kind of coming down to... Sort yeah, of where I, I saw him as that one, that one ten is sort of like I just didn't see him sustaining the one twenties. Um, so they're they're all certainly ticks. I probably, I probably still have Sicily vaguely ahead of Dawson, but it's it's really a coin flip. And Sinclair's really not far behind, um, but probably Dawson, Sicily, and Sinclair in that in that order. But you're probably not going to go wrong. We're like we're really splitting hairs, I think. Yeah, I'm going to rank them in reverse order. So I'm going to go three, two, one. So Sinclair, three for me. Yeah. Um, for one reason, the only separator that I can possibly find, because I think Sinclair is an unreal pick and I've got him in yeah, my yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. Um, last two weeks, he's been tagged to a 105 and a 79. So they're not bad scores to get tagged mm. down to. That's not the issue. It's just the fact that he is taggable and St. Kilda looks so much worse when it happens. Um, so I'll, I'd be surprised if there wasn't attention in at least one of the games going through for the rest of the season. He versus Sydney in the in round 23, who just tagged him with Clark very yeah, successfully. Yeah. So um, I, I think that's enough of a concern to say if I'm choosing and between was these there. three, I'm going against it. And Steel was in the game, exactly, and played well, by the way. So yeah. um, that's why he's third. To me, Sicily is second. Um, and not just not because of anything Sicily's done wrong, but it's because of what Dawson's doing right uh, and what he's about to do. So they've got a much spoken about run: Melbourne, Hawthorne, Collingwood, Sydney, Carlton, West Coast, North Melbourne, Port Adelaide. Um, about four or five of those games are really like easy. Chalk them up as as really good Dawson scores. Um, they've obviously got West Coast, who he scored well against already, 106. North Melbourne, who he just went 134 against. Um, Port, in which he kicked the <coughs> winning goal um, and scored 123 <laughs> against early in the season. Melbourne seems to be giving up good points to um, half backmen as well. So just a, a few little things where you can and tick off and just say, you know what, with this run home, I'm actually going to back Dawson to, to follow Sicily. Uh, and I, I think it's just entirely possible that that happens. Sicily, since CJ um, has come back in the team, um, has sort of just not. It's not like he's even digressed that regressed that much. Damn it! I always say that. Um, but the last three scores: ninety-eight, one sixteen, eighty-seven. Um, teams are starting to target him a little bit more. Um, the Hawks are, are just happy to go through Scrimshaw and CJ when that happens. I think Sicily can be prone to just 
just something slightly lighter, in which case I think Dawson's got a bit of a free run so and a, and a good run home. So, Yeah, yeah. I'm it, loving it's the so fact hard that splitting hairs taking... between those guys. Oh. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'm loving the fact that Dawson's taking like... Um, he had seven kick-ins on the weekend. Like he, he, yep. he's still sort of he's got the same floor as Sicily, but he also pushes up a little bit more and doesn't rely mm. on intercepts. So, um, you include that. They in- use him more as well. He, yeah. He's by far the best kick in the team. Whereas uh, Hawthorne have a lot of outlets from halfback, and C- Sicily might be the best, but they just man him. They, they just yeah. they know now. Uh, yeah, um, so. I, I, I think the thing for me is that Sicily and Dawson, I genuinely really can't split. It's probably just the Adelaide run home that I find a little bit more tasty. And I, you, obviously, uh, you can't tag Sicily per se. I don't think that they would bother with Dawson. Um, but Sinclair now being a tag risk is something that, regardless of what he's scoring, when he's not tagged, it's just too much of a risk for me. And that's why I'd put him as the third out of those three. Yeah, I mean, if you already had Sicily and Dawson... Um, and like Doherty, for example, and, and Hewitt, <laughs> um, then it's still Sinclair is an unbelievable option. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's just that Dawson and and Sicily are slightly um, ahead of him and to a point where I think Dawson slash Sicily is your ideal go-to, um, whichever one you don't have. And if you have neither, then um, look, I'm personally saying Dawson, but it, I could completely understand why you'd ignore me and go Sicily anyway. I think it's you're not going to lose it either way. Yeah. Um, and then I think I think going all the way down to Aaron Hall is your next best option um, before looking at the likes of the more consistent Houston if you were worried about trades or um, someone someone who's on a bit of a run. Like uh, I mean, Jack Crisp is usually pretty consistent. If you don't have Hewitt, it could be an opportunity to get someone like that as well. So. Yeah. Um, essentially, luckily for Stuart owners, he he saved a bit of a drop. He still scored one sixty one, only dropped twenty k instead of forty, um, which which is a big deal considering he could be so much cheaper. And you you've got the opportunity to go down to a lot of the players uh, except the real big two. So um, mm. it, it is a bit of luck involved. And and Sicily owners have have had a great year because of the ownership and the faith that they put in Tom Stewart. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Um, all right, so we've got another discussion. This one's going to go into about a three or four-parter. Um, I'm going to start with Butters and English. Those are the two. So if both are ruled out this week, which I think they will be, um, what do we do? Especially if it means getting a donut. Um, I've heard a lot of people that held the two last week now talking about trading this week. Yeah, I'm in that camp. What are your thoughts? Wow, okay. So talk to me. 
Um, I, I'm in that camp specifically because um, having planned so many trades to be used in the buys as opposed to the lead-up, I didn't have the flexibility to incorporate two big injuries um, last week. So I was, And that's even using my final boost, which I was using last week. So I really got got bent over in, in, in many respects in that way. Um, so tackling it this week, I obviously want to keep English over butters, but I can't afford yep. to have a second week running of getting a donut in my ruck line. So uh, it's a really dispassionate, sorry, I, I, I don't mind having butters, um, but you've got to go. I'm going to swing English forward so I can cover him and I'm going to bring in a ruck. That's my play in this situation um, if you've got both uh, and particularly at the risk of getting a donut. Um, and I think for those that have the trades remaining, it's also a really good option to kind of move butters on because as well as we can make a dozen different excuses and they were all slightly different and he was this one was injured and this one was sick and this one was tagged and this one was whatever, the fact of the matter is it's now like only a handful of weeks left and he just hasn't done what we need him to do and he has games where he's there's nothing wrong and he still scores 50s. So if we have the ability to get this 90 from F6 to and Luke Parker, that's a 105 average for the season. I think that it's worth kind of making that move if you can, particularly because um, I think Ken's comments today were Butters wants to be back next week, but he's, you know, we'll see about As that was like his comment. Up. Um, well, he said it after... He said it, he said it's Sunday, so he sort of meant like next week is in... Next oh, game. okay. Yeah, sure. Um, well, that would mean... Um, that would mean he misses his second week this week. Yeah, yeah, sure. And okay, is is probably going to play the third week, which I yeah, think sure. is, is the likely scenario. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, which is what, the, what I'm sort of going on. Yeah, look, I think I think Butters was tradable last week. Um, I think he's still tradable this week if you're going to cop another donut and, and you just don't think you can get that. But the fact of the matter is, and especially for those looking at English the same way is you can't get the points back for last week. You're not yeah. trading in a donut to cover the last two weeks. You're covering it for a one-week injury, which both of these now are. Um, what other instances are you trading out a one-week injured player? Are you, are you trading out players who get concussion for a week? I understand with Butters camp, a lot of people are trading now because of the extra one week plus the donut, plus the um, the untrust in his scoring ability, mm. um, which, look, those three things combined could absolutely be worth a trade to you, and I understand that. Um, but with Tim English, like, stop the nonsense. No one's trading Tim English, even if it means you're avoiding another donut. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think he's absolutely a must-hold. Uh, so I think it's interesting. I would still personally advocate for holding butters this week. Yeah, yeah. I think the but way that you framed if, that was really good in that what one-week injury or two-week injury like to a premium do we really flick him for? And i like, yeah, you, you know what? At, particularly at this end of the season with limited trades, you're absolutely right. A two-week injury is a, it's a, it's a pretty easy hold most of the time. So yeah. um, if you're comfortable with him at F6 and you're not copping donuts, it makes absolute sense that you would be holding him this week. I think that the two... The, the, the option that I presented was... If you're like a Christian Petrarca for some for some reason, and and you can suddenly get Petrarca up to um, like at McRae, you know, you're getting that genuine premium upgrade in that position, um, and your team like allows for that. I, I can sort of 
that's sort of the how I'm presenting. I, I, I realized I came across was advocating to get rid of him, but um, the way you said it made a lot no, of sense. No, no, but I also understand it because if you've got any more than four plus trades this week, we've just gotten through another week of, of AFL with um, just the Stewart injury. If you, I mean, not injury suspension. If you're not a Stewart owner, you've still got butters. You've still got four or five trades. I understand doing the trade this week still, um, especially if avoiding a donut because it gives Butters 100 points essentially to chase down for the rest of the year. He wasn't scoring 105, averaging 100 plus as it was. So look, I completely understand it. Mm. I'm just not advocating for it. Having said that, I traded him last week. So like at the same time... You what? No. Oh, you... I just fell off my chair. That's, this, is, this is all... Oh, this is all part of the production value. This is cheese. Cheese knows I knocked that the I wind made out of myself just then. How do you fall oh, off a chair and have did. it land on you? I like swivel because it's like a spinny. I swivelled and. Uh. Um, well, let, let me ask you this: If you've got Tim English in your ruck line and Tickles your R three, and you're gonna cop another donut, are, are you sacrificing butters? Do you, do you agree with the idea that I'm doing this week? Well, that's what I did last week. So, look, I understand it because I thought there was every chance he missed one week last week. So, yeah, um, I'd be hypocritical to say that, like that, that would be a bad move. And I don't even have bulk amount of trades, but it's all about your own risk assessment and how many trades you have. So, for me, last week it was likely missing one, potentially missing two. So, I still had that potentially missing two thing um, to to sort of weigh on the situation. You guys who are now thinking of trading this week don't have that. He he's ready to go this week. Yeah, it's just whether he passes all the tests and and Port even want to play him. Um, I think they won't. Um, but if that's the case, then it can only possibly be one more week unless something else happens. So, um, that also factors into it. Your trades factor into it, and um, what else you can do? I mean, look, if you can avoid the donut by, say, you're making an upgrade this week, you were going to get Jack Steele. Instead, you, you do an upgrade, swing a bunch of players around and get a Ruckman, and then next week, do like a, a upgrade of someone else to someone. I don't, I, I don't know what you're doing. But, Are you just making um, things up at this point? <laughs> essentially, if you can avoid it, I would. Um, but at, at the end of the day, I think giving Butters 100 points to chase down is super reasonable as well. Yeah. I'd just like to call call on the community, to, uh, particularly in Slack, to get in touch with us, whether trading out your boy means he's still your boy anymore. Uh, we need to well, I've got Parrish and you've still got Butters. <laughs> so can we just switch teams to this? <laughs> I know we've still got our boys. It's fine. <laughs> no, Butters is gone for me. Switch. He's gone. Oh, well. Okay. I, 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 I can't lose Parrish if I never have him, you see. That's, that's, the, that's the thinking. That's the, that's the 200 IQ play. I can't believe you don't have him, and that's the reason that I lost to you. <laughs> um, okay, anyway, we're going we're gonna to move on to the next topic. Uh, this is a, a bit of a three-parter because there's only three names I can think of off the top of my head. Yep. We're going to start with Jaden Short um, mm-hmm. and, and just discuss the validity of moving him on this week. A lot of people what? discussing Short. Yeah, no, trust me. A lot of people are discussing Short. Um, he's dropped down below 500k. He's got a silly break even. Three, four of his last six scores have been in the 80s. Yeah. yeah. So he's not getting what we thought he would from this midfield role. The no. thing that gets me is three of his next three games are against West Coast, Gold Coast, and North Melbourne. Yeah. And Gold so Coast are necessarily, necessarily terrible, sorry. So, in three weeks' time, what happens? 
I don't that, think we're uh, having the same discussion uh, in three weeks' time. I, underst- I understand. I, yeah. The thing is, is Tom Stewart also returns in three weeks' time. If I'm trading short, I'm giving him at least three more weeks to, to prove to me that he's good or bad. And if he's not quite up to scratch in three weeks' time, he probably has made a little bit of money at that point with a couple of low tons. Look, I don't accept that. I've still got four trades in the bank. Tom Stewart's now back. I'm making the side switch then. I'm not doing it this week. Yeah. Not yeah. not before those fixtures. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I totally agree about the midfield time thing as well. It's just, you know, we we don't really want one of our guys that have spent a decade in one role having to learn a new role on game day. Mid-season, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he clearly can play, and we've seen him play some really good midfield games. Um, but, yeah, it just... It, it just it really, really concerns me from his ceiling going forward. Obviously, he scored that 152 against West Coast, the first Coast, game he yeah. played in the midfield. Um, but then he's had only had 109, 110, 102, which is still like fine, but he's really not getting that um, that ceiling that he would have with like the, the, the 110 pluses that he had in the first half of the year. He had one, two, three, four. Uh, and a 109, so let's call it five 110 plus scores in his first six. And then since then, when he's been in the midfield, he's had one, two, three. So, yeah, it, he's going to be a little bit reduced, but I just don't think it's bad enough yet to mandate trading him. That's all. So I think, in the, I think in three weeks' time, we're not going to be worried. Yeah, against Geelong, he had 94 points. With about 13 seconds left, he socketed off the ground into their forward 50 and it was intercepted by Stewart. He got negative 10 for that action. Yeah. That last Terrible. second playing it. And then Can you imagine doing that the after the game's already gone? <laughs> if he had it, that was, that was with the game on the line. Um, <laughs> if, he had, if he had a hit a chest with that kick, with that, that soccer forward, if the forward was playing in front, he gets a goal assist from that. He scores 110. It's, it's a negative 30 swing. Yeah, on on that being marked by a Geelong player as opposed to a, a Richmond player, I don't think we're having this exact discussion. I, I think we think he's annoying and inconsistent, but I don't think we're talking about trading him out this week if that goes the other way. So, um, I think a little bit of context is, is definitely goes a long way here, and I think he bounces back in the next three. If not, then make your move to Stewart. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Christian Petrarca, the next one. And my lord, this guy is frustrating. Yeah. I, I genuinely, he's he's getting real close to my never again list. He's 478k. I, I keep thinking he's going to bounce back week after week. He's now had four sub-tons in a row. 53, 70, 99, 97. It is as painful as it could possibly be um, having this guy in your team. And it, it just... it. It's not getting better. He's getting 30 touches and something odd tackles and scoring in the 90s every week. Um, I think he's scored like five goals, 17 for the year or something stupid. He's not kicking goals. He's just not at his absolute best and it's really hurting us in the midfield. So mm. is he a trade out as of this week or is he a wait and see for another week? He's got Adelaide coming up. Um, what would you do with Petrarca? Uh, he's more of an upgrade target. I see he and Butters as genuine sort of... You can pick someone for a 15 points better than him quite easily. Um, and I suppose he can with Shaw, but I think it's like really pushing 
a lot like there's only a couple names that are really 15 points above of where I genuinely see short averaging for the rest of the year. Um, Petrarca playing well, playing decently, probably not in you know top gear. Um, I think there is the potential for him to improve, and we will see his scoring improve. But he's just never been long term. Like I've never seen him as like that one twenty average like we saw last year, where he just kind of went crazy. So there still is obviously the potential for him to to bounce back. Um, I just wonder if he's been carrying something a little bit. Just not, to, not Melbourne Football Club, I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's genuinely someone that if. Again, you're in that position and you're looking to, to, to get that, that, you know, someone you missed out on. Um, I, I can see that as a, as a genuine option. It's saying that again, though, like if you're down to like three or four trades, I'd probably still just hold on to him for a little bit longer and, and, and use that to cover what goes wrong. I, I, I if, think- I, if I had the exact cash in the bank and four trades remaining to go to steal... For some reason, then in that instance, I would do it. So yeah. You need like 80K. Yeah. Any other reason, if I'm using two plus trades to do it, if I like, if I have three trades remaining, two trades remaining, I, I, you just have to keep him. Yeah. He's playing good footy statistically. He's just not playing good footy super coach wise. Yeah. And I, I doubt that's the norm going forward, but I also doubt he goes 115 plus for the rest of the year. So... Um, there is the opportunity to upgrade him. If I had six or seven trades, then I would be using two trades to get rid of him. Um, I think he's probably yeah. most people's worst player. So um, it's just that sort of finding that niche of, of how many trades that you have left and whether you can get rid of him. Yeah, I, I think Petrarca in short, for me, is sort of like a um, quote-unquote premium frustration as opposed to necess- like necessity. Um, whereas I think like Butters mm. is like, he's clearly not going to be in touching distance of, you know, the guys that are actually going to fill the top six to eight forwards um, and uh, some guys that are emerging and stuff as well with new roles. So he's more of a necessity in my eyes as opposed to... um, Obviously, it's a frustration, but Petrarca and Short, ordinarily, I would just hold unless you're in, like, the amazing position that in one trade you can get Dawson, you know, (laughs) like something, something happened... And um, and you just had all this cash lying around, and it makes it really easy. I wouldn't be going out of my way to move multiple chess pieces in your team and find cash from downgrading Hoff to a, a, a non-playing rookie just to upgrade him. I, I wouldn't be doing something like that. What if you could do Tom Stewart and Petrarca to haul and steal? I actually love or, that. Or <laughs> Tom Stewart straight to Jordan Dawson and just keep him Petrarca in a trade. I would just get Dawson. That that would be my move. Um, but I'd I, be aggressive. I'd, I'd do the two. If I had more than f- three trades for it, uh, if I had if I had three trades remaining after those moves, so five plus at the moment, I would. I think I'd do the aggressive move there. Yeah. Well, I think I think, I think for rank for rank, you will absolutely. That, 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 that's the risky play. Yeah. But then do you want one trade from round 17 onwards? And then no, know, no, no. Just, just ring yeah. Pistol and ask what he wants. You know, like how, how, how he <laughs> deals with it mentally after the season finishes. And, and he he would be doing that for to Hall as well. <laughs> so it's, it actually all lines up. Can we change his password? Um, I'm really scared for what he's going to do. 
Um, no, I want to see it. I want to see what happens. <laughs> I want to see um, you burn. <laughs> Harry Himmelberg is the last person to discuss this podcast before we get into some captaincy discussions. Uh, so this guy has technically made his money. If you traded him in two weeks ago, he's got a 95 and a 114. Mm. He's made 110K. So congratulations to those who took the punt. Um, now those who took the punt are sort of stuck with a decision whether they... He's got a 113 break-even just for this week. If he turns up again, that sort of resets down to about 80. Um, if he, He's got a 113 break-even. He could potentially lose a bit of money. He's getting played essentially three quarters in or two and a half quarters in defense and then one and a half to two quarters in a forward ruck roll. Um, right now, he's scoring well still, which is good. That's a pro. Um, but... I think with Proust coming in and even a fit Flynn, which rhymes, you can definitely make the the argument that he's actually just going to go back to defense and, and just be an Uber for the rest of the year. There's just that scare factor of if you're, if you're committing to holding him now, you're probably committing to holding him for the rest of the season. What do you do with Himmelberg? I like Himmelberg. Particularly if you have him, you're not you're, you're not going to be moving him on at this stage the way he's scoring. Um, I, the the pe- the only people that dislike Harry Himmelberg's kind of emergence are Isaac Cumming owners, those that that took the punt on him and when he was averaging 110, because um, Harry has absolutely like killed the ceiling of coming because he's now having to share genuinely share kick-ins, whereas he didn't in the yeah. first nine rounds of the year. Um, I think that's the the fantastic thing about Himmelberg's floor. You know me, I dislike flexibility where roles can change during the um, during the game. And so I would prefer to have someone, you know, like a Dawson, um, yeah, like t- talking about in terms of Tom Stewart um, replacement as well as um, like if, if you've got some DPP action and stuff that you can use, like um, I, w- I wouldn't be necessarily telling people to try and get him into their sides at this point in time, I think if you jumped on him early and you've made that cash, I think you, you're just kind of sitting on him. But I, I I just don't see him as someone at this point, now that he's gone up and all that price, the risk is now all there that wasn't there previously because he was cheaper. Yeah, look, I, I think he's, he's don't buy, don't sell Himmelberg. Yeah. I, th- I think you're just happily owning him and he's not going to plummet in money or anything. So why use the trade this week? What if he averages 110 for the rest of the season? If if he shows in the very next week, it could be this week coming up, if he scores 70, plays a quarter in defense and then gets thrown forward for the rest of the match, then you can assess it. You can go, all right, you know what, that's it. I'm trading him. Um, he ended up losing 10K from that experiment, but I now know that he's not going to be that Uber that I wanted. If he goes 120 next week, bam, he's break evens back to 80 and it's it's 80 for a couple of weeks as well. So look, there, there's just, you're in all, you're, you've got all the power as an owner to just continue to hold him and reassess every single week. That trade that you were going to spend on him, on him this week might become more important in, in three weeks' yes. time for something yep. else. And and now you've just got the rolling, do I need to trade him? Do I have the trades to trade him? What's his role like? Over and over and over again. But you haven't actually spent anything to get there. You've already used the trade to get him in. Now you're not spending anything to just keep him, hold him, reassess every week. So um, I think that's absolutely the easiest thing to do. Even if I was missing someone like Bontempelli forward. If I could afford Bontempelli from Himmelberg this week, I just would not do it. Not this week. I would keep assessing, keep waiting, keep holding that trade, see if it becomes more important elsewhere. Yeah. 
What if he had butters? Would you entertain butters to Himmelberg, or you're no. still you're still yeah you're still in that he's only one week away who trades a premium for one week sort of thing. Yeah, and and don't buy, don't sell, Harry. You're yeah. not buying him knowing that that role could go sideways, and that there's no cash to gain from it anymore. So. Um, I, I think the upside from Harry as a purchase has gone away. The downside is still evident, um, but that doesn't apply to people who already made the the upside purchase and, and got that 100K. So um, for Butters specifically, like I said, he's only missing one week from this week. I would still advocate holding coming from someone who's traded themselves and am not going to be hypocritical and completely understanding of those people who do actually think for their team it's best to trade. Yeah, sure. Um, but ju- just make sure you've got the trades to, to do it and you're not leaving yourself with one or two uh, for the run home, which I've done, <laughs> silly, silly enough. So, um, look, it's all about your risk profile as well. You could ma- you could trade butters this week, have one trade remaining, and not need to use that trade in round twenty three. It's unlikely, but that it's it's just it, nothing is guaranteed in this game. So play the game with your risk profile, with your complete understanding of of what you're doing to your side, and how you're leaving yourself high and dry on trades and and potential cash situations, and then just make your decision because. Butters this week, he he could come back from the the sore knee. Port go, look, mate, you're going crash and bash too hard. We need you for a potential finals run. Let's just stay in the forward pocket for a couple of weeks and and let yourself fully recover. It's entirely possible. I I don't think it's probable, but it is entirely possible. So, look, just get your head around whatever situation you're in and, and make a decision based on that. And, look, there's a very, very unlikely chance that it goes completely, completely wrong. So just back yourself in there. Yeah, I love that, mate. Good. Um, all right, we're going to move on to captaincy decisions. This might be the easiest week ever. So uh, have you looked into it at all? Um, I'm really liking a, a Thursday night VC. And then we've got such a, a smorgasbord of options um, that you, you, don't, you don't sound like you agree. <laughs> No, I don't agree already. I'm sorry. Wait, you um, said it was easy, and we're looking at Brisbane versus doggies. I know, I know. That wow. could that could be that. Honestly, it could be Jackson McRae lined up against the blind squad on Thursday, and I'd pass on a VC. There is no way I'm letting my VC score 130 this week and missing okay. out on what Clayton Oliver is going to do to Adelaide. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That that is one thousand percent where I'm spending my VC is yeah. on Clayton Oliver, and then I'll make uh, if he somehow fails as a VC option, I'll figure it out from there. It could be Darcy against a, a ruckless port. It could be I don't know. There's not many options. Took Miller against Collingwood is absolutely fine. Wits. I'll figure that part out. Wits against Collingwood is even You'll better. Figure if that you, if part out. Jeez. Genuinely, I it'll be Clayton Oliver into whoever my loophole is because he's two round average against Crows is over two hundred. His project his projection this week is one hundred ninety three. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I don't think he's going to do that. Right, but if right. he if he suddenly scores less than one twenty five, okay. I'll be baffed. All right, completely all right. baffled. JB. Only 50% of teams own Clayton Oliver. Put yourself in the shoes of the other 50%, over half of the competition, 85,000 people I've deleted my there. team. I've already deleted um, my team. You told me to put myself in their shoes. <laughs> my team's gone. Now I'm looking at nothing. I don't know what the fixture is. I have no players. So what about, I'm now in their shoes. What about Rory Laird versus Melbourne? Uh, if you don't have Clayton Oliver, first of all, condolences. <laughs> put yourself in their um, shoes. Secondly, I hope you have someone like Callum Mills against Essendon. 
I hope you have someone like Lockie Neal against Bulldogs or McRae against Brisbane. I hope you have someone else that can secure a 115 plus because Clayton Oliver's. You're not going to want to watch that Adelaide game. <laughs> I think he's going to hurt you. Uh, I've got I've got your answer, JB. You're going to do a VC of Oliver into uh-huh. Will Brody if if Oliver tanks. No, poor are good against <laughs> opposition midfielders. Don't you know that? Somehow, every every time someone's coming up against poor, I make up a poor actually negate that type of player. So it's you know it's really risky to put the VC on. Um, no, we only negate halfbackers. I think midfielders do really well against us. Um, no, I think I would be going took against Collingwood. Yeah, if 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 Clayton Oliver fell over at quarter time on eighty seven or whatever he's on at that point. I think I would then roll it on to Took Miller. Personally, if I had wits, I'd roll it on to him. Yep. Love it. What about Oscar McInerney for a VC? God, who would bring him in? Nobody. Um, <laughs> all right, that's going <laughs> to... Moving on very quickly, JV. Do you want to go through the uh, the Twitter Twitter plugs? Yes, I've actually forgotten mine. Um, so you can find it's the main page at, at Dr. Underscore SC, JB at JB underscore DRSC, Pistol at Pistol underscore DRSC, and Chizo with a Z at Chizo underscore DRSC. And uh, give us all your feedback. Love it. I haven't been getting Please enough do. questions lately. So uh, feel free to jump in the none. DMs. It's still the same two dudes that ask the same questions about whether I, I am advocating to get Darcy Cameron each week. Shout one of those two dudes out. Which one do you think would love a shout out right now? I'm opening. You don't know them by you don't know them off off the top of your head. No, I call them Darcy Cameron number one and Darcy Cameron number two. Tommy Ace, there you go. Yeah, oh, Tommy. Darcy Goldie, Goldie or Cameron? I said, do I have to pick? <laughs> <laughs> so, Goldie's, Goldie's, that didn't help. Let me answer that, Tommy. Goldie's a much much better option than Cameron because Grundy coming in might soil the uh, the Cameron plans. Oh yeah, that's true. Should I flex Goldie's about good. having dinner next to, to Grundy or are we still unconfirmed on that? Could be his twin. I'm a complete there's a blurry photo. I yeah, <laughs> I, I saw nothing. Um, you and you and your celebrity spotting, you, I think you've racked up enough frustrating orders by now, surely. Yeah, uh, no, you're absolutely spot on. Oh good, okay. Um, <laughs> Alright, thanks everyone for listening. Have a good week. Good luck uh, this week. I'm hoping there's no more injuries because we already don't have enough trades as it is. Appreciate everyone listening and we'll catch you guys next week. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 